0: Welcome to Ainsley News. It's Wednesday, the 24th of February. Midweek madness. Today, we're talking Dalio's six point bubble indicator at extreme. Another day, another Wall Street heavyweight, a warning of the everything bubble. Looking extreme. The head of the world's largest hedge fund, Ray Dalio, shared his bubble indicator yesterday, giving an insight into how Bridgewater assess this current extreme situation. Whilst, as we have discussed at length, this is more than ever before an everything bubble. Dalio's post specifically looks at U.S. shares and applies the following six measures. Point one, how high are prices relative to traditional measures? Point two, are prices discounting unsustainable conditions? Point three, how many new buyers, i.e. those who weren't previously in the market, have entered the market? Point four, how broadly bullish is sentiment? Point five, are purchases being financed by high leverage? And Point six, have buyers made exceptionally extended forward purchases? e.g. built inventory, contracted forward purchases, etc. to speculate or protect themselves against future price gains. We summarise and discuss at the end, but first let's see what he has to say on each. Here are the excerpts from these. Point one, how high are prices relative to traditional measures? The current read on this price gauge for US equities is around the 82nd percentile, shy of what we saw in the 1929 and 2000 bubbles. Here's that percentile chart shown here. Point 2. Are prices discounting unsustainable conditions? This measure calculates the earnings growth rate that is required to produce equity returns in excess of bond returns. This is derived by looking at individual securities and adding up their readings. Currently, this indicator is around the 77th percentile for the aggregate market. This indicator shows that while stock prices in aggregate are high in relation to the absolute returns they are to provide they are not extremely high in relation to their bond market competitors. In both 1929 and 2000, this measure was at the 100th percentile. Point three, how many new buyers, those who went previously in the market have entered in the market? A rush of new entrants attracted by rising prices is often, often indicative of a bubble. That is because they're typically entering the market because it's hot and because they are unsophisticated. This was the case in both the 1929 and 2000 equity bubbles. This gauge has reached the 95th percentile recently due to the flood of new retail investors into the most popular stocks, which by other measures also appear to be in a bubble. Is that chart shown here? US entrance group percentile. Point four How broadly bullish is sentiment? The more bullish the sentiment, the more people have already invested. So the less likely they will invest more and the more likely that they will sell. Our aggregate market sentiment gauge is now around the 85th percentile. Once again, It is heavily concentrated in the bubble stocks, rather than most stocks. So, USA sentiment gauge percentile here. Just ticking over that line. As shown below, or next in the graph, is IPOs have been exceptionally hot, the hottest since the 2000 bubble. That one is peaking here in this chart here. The current IPO space has been brought about by the sentiment previously mentioned, as well as the SPAC boom, as these blank check acquisition companies have lower regulatory hurdles and greater flexibility to bring more speculative companies into the public markets. The main reason the overall read on both sentiment and aggregate frothiness for the entire market is shy of what we saw in past bubbles is that all well, not all players are showing the same degree of exuberance. For example, sentiment from professional equity managers has moderately recent, moderated recently to more average levels, and corporate financial engineering in the form of buybacks and mergers and acquisitions, remains mediocre as they are still working through the hit from the pandemic. Point five, purchases being financed by high leverage. Leverage purchases make the underpinnings of the buying weaker and more vulnerable to forced selling in a downturn. Our leverage gauge, which looks at the leverage dynamics across all the key players and treats option positions as a form of leverage, is now showing a read just shy of the 80th percentile. Like some of our other bubble measures, there is a high leverage being deployed by the retail segment using options in bubble stocks, while there is much less leveraging by other investors in non-bubble stocks. Here's that chart here showing leverage. As shown, next volume in single stock call options is at record highs. Retail purchases of options have been the big contributor to this surge. Outside the retail sector, we aren't seeing excessive leveraged buying. Point six, To what extent have buyers made exceptionally extended forward purchases? One perspective on whether expectations have become overly optimistic comes from looking at forward purchases. We apply this gauge to all markets and find it particularly helpful in commodity and real estate markets, where forward purchases are most clear. In the equity markets, we look at indicators like capital expenditure, where the businesses and to a lesser extent the government are investing a lot or a little in infrastructure, factories, etc., it reflects whether businesses are extrapolating current demand into strong demand growth going forward. This gauge is the weakest across all of our bubble gauges, pulling down the aggregate read. Corporations are the most important entity in terms of driving this piece via CAPEX and m and Today, aggregate corporate CAPEX has fallen in line with the virus-driven hit to demand, while certain digital economy players have managed to maintain their levels of investment. Similarly, levels of m and remain subdued so far. Here's a chart showing US Forward Purchase Gauge Percentile here and it is much less than those peaks in the year 2000. What one chooses to do with this is a tactical decision. Even if this gauge is perfectly accurate, which it's not, timing tops and bottoms based on it's precarious because while it shows what neighbourhood these stocks are in, there's nothing precise about it. So it is tough to pick the timings and of, of levels of drops and tops and bottoms. Having said that we have found it's a pretty good predictor of relative performance of stocks over the subsequent three to five years as a result while it contributes to our increasingly favoring non-bubble stocks we need to combine it with timing indicators just wanted to pass this along to you because i found it helpful and thought that you might too in light of what's going on in the markets here's a little chart here showing conditions or current conditions compared to previous bubbles comparing it to the 1920s, dot com, and 2007. We thought this was sharing as it demonstrates yet another way to assess the risk landscape beyond the usual array of valuation metrics that most look to. One doesn't get to be the world's biggest hedge fund by making silly mistakes too often. A key takeaway is that yes, we are clearly near the top, and even if a crash is not imminent, then certainly your returns over the medium term are likely poor. Also, if Dahlia doesn't know when that crash might be, respectfully, neither do you. The adage, better a year too early than a day too late, then becomes all too relevant when we're getting collective signals as we currently are. As the preeminent negatively correlated to share market asset, one should not be surprised at gold being relatively weak. Markets are a complex mix of fundamentals, external stimuli and human psychology. History doesn't necessarily repeat, but it often rhymes. And that's the perfect segue for one of Dahlia's most famous quotes. If you don't own gold, you know neither history nor... Nor economics. Great stuff there from Ray. Thanks for his input. Giving us opportunity there to comment as well, which is awesome. Remember ainsleybullion.com.au for all things physical, gold, silver and platinum. If you're after some crypto, jump over to ainsleywealth.com.au. If you're for a bit more of a portable asset, still pegged to real gold and real silver, check out goldsilverstandard.com. Great way to get in to gold and silver without the hassle of paying for storage, insurance or even just hiding it in your own home. Check that one out goldsilverstandard.com We'll catch you tomorrow for more news.